I really debated whether or not I wanted to come on and record an episode on this topic, but I decided I can't be the only one that is struggling. Um, That's not even probably the right word, who is feeling a little bit frustrated and discouraged as they try to implement um, a more equitable curriculum to include more representation of all races and cultures and backgrounds in their curriculum, to teach about current events, and to take steps into making their students feel, all of their students feel seen, heard, valued, and loved exactly as they are, and showing them that they should be proud of who they are, and where they come from, and what they look like, and that they are valuable as who they are. And so I just wanted to share with you a little bit on my thoughts about implementing a more equitable curriculum and kind of getting comfortable with that discomfort and some reflections that I have on that. So this summer, I spent a lot of time learning a little bit more about equitable classrooms, anti-racist teaching practices, culturally responsive teaching, and more. And while it is imperative for all of us as teachers and educators to take steps in that direction, it's impossible to do everything at once, right? Anytime you're learning something new, anytime you're uh, stepping into kind of a new space or a new area that you don't have a lot of experience with, if you try to do everything at once, you're going to burn yourself out. And so I decided that my focus to begin with was going to be on making sure my students see themselves in my curriculum. So making sure that the images that I use, the stories that I tell, that they are representative of all races and cultures um, and that they are represented in a positive light and that a single story is not just being represented. So for example, if I tell, share about um, in my classes about some immigration um, issues and maybe why people choose to leave their countries, that I don't just share their struggle, but that I share their joy as well. And so that has been my focus. Now, I had the words Black Lives Matter show up and be used on a slide that we were reading. And all that students were reading with it, it was a list of goals for um, an example student that they might want to possibly join a club or learn more about different things, including theater, technology, and Black Lives Matter. And when I presented this in my classes, all I said to my students was, you know, that this student in their goals for their school year, and this was all being presented in a target language, that they may be interested in learning more about social justice movements. I am very aware of what I can and cannot say in front of middle school students, right, due to their age. And I'm also very aware of what I can and cannot say in front of students who come from very conservative families. Not that there's anything wrong with the kids, not that they're bad kids or anything like that, but knowing that what these students are learning at home is probably going to be different than what I am sharing with them and teaching with them in class. Not to say that I'm pushing any sort of agenda or any sort of bias or anything like that, but making students aware of what's happening in the world, what's happening in their community, what some of their classmates are dealing with and struggling with and also interested in is something that I don't want to shy away from, nor do I feel it's inappropriate in the classroom. 
And obviously, when it's presented at an age-appropriate level, there can be great education and discussion and great opportunities um, for students to learn about things that are not presented to them inside their home. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And so I, I decided, you know what, here's a baby step. Not only am I going to make sure my pictures and the stories I tell are representative, but in ways that I feel are safe, I'm going to bring in current events or bring the, the awareness out so that my students and my kids who are, um, who are students of color, who are black, who are Hispanic, who are Hmong, that they will know that I see them and I value them. Little ways that they can be reminded that they matter to me. And so everything went great in class. No one made a big deal out of anything. Things went well. Well, a couple weeks later, weeks, let me, let me say that again, a couple of weeks later, one of the parents reached out to my administration and basically said, what is she teaching them? How dare she bring up Black Lives Matter and get political in her classroom? So my administrator comes to me and just says, hey, what is the context of this? I don't know anything about this. Like, I know you and I know that you wouldn't do this, you know, whatever. So I shared, you know, it was just brought up on a slide. There's an idea that a student might be interested in. An imaginary student, albeit, you know. So my admin is like, yeah, it's current events. This, these are things that are happening in the world today. These are things that can be discussed in classrooms, especially in a public school. Okay. So, okay, I thought that was handled, right? A week or two after the fact, um, we are sending out conference questionnaires for, for our students and for our middle schoolers and to see if parents have any concerns. Well, hmm. In the question that asked about concerns for our curriculum, a parent included that they were in these times with the, the racial issues and the pandemic and the political divisiveness, they were extremely disappointed that a teacher included uh, Black Lives Matter on, their, uh, on an online slide and that teachers need to not push their political agendas on students. I'm sorry, excuse me, what? What is it that I'm doing? Oh, wait, you mean that you're deeply disappointed that I might dare to talk about something like Black Lives Matter, like racial inequity, like representation? Oh, excuse me, I'm deeply disappointed that you couldn't approach me directly to have a conversation about your concern. But you feel almighty and powerful behind that keyboard, don't you? So instead of being, you know, passive about it, I alerted my admin and I said, here we go again. Same kind of issue from the same class, from the same age level. And what, what, what the kicker is about all of this, you guys, and I'm not, I'm just trying to share with you the realities of the situation of stepping into areas that might be uncomfortable for you, your students, or some of your families, is that these, these activities, this discussion took place in class and was submitted in class. And so my question is, how did the parents know that this was brought up unless the students ran home and told them about it? One parent lied and said they were helping their child do their Spanish work, and that's how they knew about it. That's not true. They did it in class. 
So I have kids in my classroom that are running home to let their parents know that this is in there. Or one kid let their parents know and a parent called another parent to complain on their behalf. This is the mess we're dealing with. Now, I'm so thankful that my admin is supportive of making sure that we can be representative and teach on such things that apply to our students' lives at an age-appropriate level. And so my admin called both of these parents. All is good. However, I could allow this to derail me from straying into areas that could be uncomfortable in the future. But I have to remind myself, and I guess the whole point of me recording this episode, thanks if you've made it this long, is to remind you as well that the discomfort that I as a white teacher feel in teaching on equitable topics, on including representation of all different races and cultures in my curriculum, in making sure that my curriculum is equitable, is moving towards anti-racist, moving to become anti-racist, and that my teaching is becoming culturally responsive, that discomfort is nothing compared to what our kids who are not white feel in their everyday lives. And that discomfort is nothing compared to having to live your life in fear because of the color of your skin, of having to live a dual life, one that you live at home, but you know that possibly your language, the way you speak, the way you do your hair will not be accepted in your white school or in your white community. And having to code switch between the language you use at home and the language that's acceptable in school because you know that the whiteness and the the white supremacy and the systems that have perpetuated that for forever won't accept who you are as you are. So the encouragement is that yes, while it's comfortable, uncomfortable, and yes, while we may feel discouraged that we have to do this. It's what's right. It's what we need to do to make sure our kids feel safe and feel loved, just beyond safe. They feel loved and mad, like they matter. And this doesn't just go for our brown students and our black students and our students of indigenous background and our students of mixed backgrounds. It goes for our students who are LGBTQ as well. Because guess what? Having a teacher that they know cares about them that they know is there for them and has their back just might save their life.